0: You guys, ever been afraid of anything, anybody? <laughs> right? I think we we probably all have been a time or two. Like this uh, little boy I read about named Ben. Uh, one summer evening, there was a really violent thunderstorm, and little Ben was afraid to go upstairs to bed by himself. Uh, but his dad said, "You know, sorry, buddy. Bedtime's bedtime. Storm or no. And besides, you, you don't want to grow up to to be a sissy, do you? Now get going. A few minutes go by." Uh, Dad realized little Ben had only made it part way up the steps and he was he was just sitting there with his eyes closed and his hands over his ears uh, Trying to block out the thunder and the lightning and and so dad said hey uh, hey, I told you once already now stop being a a big sissy and get to bed well, of course by this time mom heard and she intervened and Took little Ben by the hand and walked him the rest of the way up the stairs and and tucked him into bed But just as she was about to turn off the lights Little Ben reaches out and says, Mommy, will you sleep in here with me tonight? Mom smiled. She said, No, honey, I can't sleep in your room. I have to sleep with Daddy. Little Ben looked at his mom and sniffled and said, Who's the sissy now? <laughs> right? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> who's the sissy now? But seriously, there are, there are all kinds of things uh, for us to be afraid of, aren't there? Uh, especially especially this year. Some people are afraid of losing their health to the virus. Uh, others fear losing their jobs or, or their businesses to the lockdown. Many are afraid of the violence and chaos that we see in our streets, in our major cities. Uh, others are fearful of the November elections. And on top uh, of all that, just the regular phobias that we as humans naturally carry around. Uh, whether it's, it's claustrophobia to the uh, fear of big crowds, or from uh, towering heights down to tiny little spiders, right? We got a lot of fears, and and just who's afraid of spiders? Just for you guys that are afraid of spiders, d- listen. Don't believe that old wives' tale that says just because of the fact that there are billions of spiders in the world that you're never more than six feet from one at any given time. That is a complete myth. Okay. Because the Revised Science says it's more like three feet. <laughs> I didn't see anybody look under their chairs. But, but so if, if you've ever felt, though, the pangs of fear, this message is for you today. Because our psalm today, Psalm 112, lays out for us in stark clarity the full spectrum of things that we should be afraid of. And the ones that we shouldn't, as well as how to know the difference. And so I hope you'll join me in Psalm 112. I hope you've been following along in your Bibles. For those of you that are just back with us or just joining us for the first time online, we've been in this long expository series for two years through the book of Psalms, and we're up to 112. And so the psalmist writes, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He's not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord to us today. Let's pray. Father God, we come uh, to you as we always do, little children uh, who do have so many fears and, and needs and worries, and, and we've come to be fed this morning, Lord. We've opened your word, we've read it. Uh, guide me to expound it. Uh, and Father, let uh, any errors disappear, and let only what is good and pure and true be written on our hearts uh, and on our minds. And show us Jesus in these scriptures for his name's sake. Amen. So, you know, any more uh, we as a society seem to be afraid of everything, right? We're we're afraid not to lock up our cars and our houses. Uh, we're afraid not to give a sizable chunk of our income to insurance companies just in case uh, the house burns down or or somebody decides to sue us if they trip on our sidewalk or D at Walmart. I hope Walmart has good insurance. <clears throat> we're afraid of, sometimes of making even the smallest financial transactions, which is why those little debit cards you carry around has those sixteen numbers on the front. And three on the back and a security chip not to mention having to have a pin all of which that my son tells us now that can be hijacked by thieves that don't even have to actually steal our wallets but can simply walk by uh, and hack it electronically with a smartphone in their hand thanks for that JJ that's gonna stick in Uh, and all of those are just relatively minor problems compared to some of the things we've witnessed this week in a world that is just full of mayhem and madness and destruction. Some some of it natural, some man-made. Uh, not even to mention the, the novel coronavirus and that scary-sounding respiratory disease it causes, COVID-19, that have literally scared people to death over this past, what, six to nine months? But, you know, that's where our extended look at the book of Psalms comes in because the book of Psalms, and particularly like Psalm 112 today, seems to express so clearly and face so honestly the fears that we experience in the midst of life's difficulties, Uh, and offers to us the answers that point the way for us to experience true peace in an otherwise dark and painful world. And, you know, they acknowledge the reality that fear is something that all of us are called to face, and that it's a very powerful emotion that comes to us in a variety of ways, uh, not all of which are necessarily bad. But, you know, the Bible makes it clear that you should be afraid of some things. But church, there's a balance to be had because what we don't want is fear that escalates from protecting us to the point where it's controlling us and taking our eyes off of our Creator who holds us in the palm of His hands. And that's that's kind of an important point not to just pass up and miss here because. You know, if you think about it, the majority of our fears are about either control or the lack of it, right? None of us can guarantee our success in our finances uh, or our careers, in our physical well-being, right? Companies close down and are downsized or sold, uh, leaving folks without jobs, leaving uh, some of you retirees without promised retirement benefits. Uh, Stock market can always tank, taking our nest egg with it. Uh, And in the same way, neither our personal health nor the health of our families can be guaranteed. And so in all of those areas, if we are our own primary source of security, we're going to be tempted to panic. That's where the good kind of fear can be helpful, because just like the physical fear that keeps us from doing stupid things, there's also a healthy kind of fear in our relationship to Almighty God. Not a a terrifying fear that would send us running scared, but instead a deep and abiding reverence for who God is and a knowledge that He has a plan laid out for us in His Word. That's why our psalmist said this morning, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart's firm. Trusting in the Lord, meaning that people and circumstances may seek to destroy our lives. But brothers and sisters, we have a God who loves us. the a God who loves you. That's why our Lord says in Matthew 10, Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, for you are of more value than many sparrows. But now I need to stop for a minute and qualify that, because when I say that the Lord loves you and cares for you, I'm not affirming universalism. This is not the idea that, you know, everybody's saved and we all go to heaven. This hope and this consolation that our Lord speaks about and that Psalm 112 affirms is directed only to those who are committed followers of the Messiah. I mean, simply put, if you have not publicly declared your faith in Him, then this promise does not apply to you, and, and may I say, you have good reason to be afraid. Uh, because God is the God of peace and comfort and salvation of only those who are inside a covenant relationship with Him. Uh, th- those are the only ones who can say with our psalmist today that His heart is steady and, and He won't be afraid till He looks in triumph on His adversaries. Uh, and, and, church, you may have noticed that we have a few of those lately, right? We've got some adversaries in the world but in a fallen world though it shouldn't surprise us that there are people and organizations that seek to harm the church and the people of God and we talked about this before but uh, you know in the continuing crackdown on Christianity Chinese officials continue to detain and imprison literally thousands of believers uh, including the Reverend Wang Yi that I told you about the pastor of early Rain community church or covenant church rather uh, and I told you guys about him last year. Well, I just found out in a story by the Associated Press, he was finally put on trial in December, December past, uh, and sentenced to nine years in prison for preaching the gospel. Uh, prior to that, his church was raided. Uh, church leaders' homes were ransacked, trying to uh, scare them into signing a pledge to stop meeting. Uh, but in a statement from uh, one of the elders after the raid, this is what he said, he said, even if we are down to our last five members, our worship and gatherings will still go on because our faith is real. Because our faith is real. And he adds, persecution is a price worth paying for the Lord. We would rather live through it than to hide our faith. And he says, I hope more Chinese churches will speak up and stand with us. Now, you, you and I may never actually find ourselves being surrounded by government officials here ready to haul us away. Uh, although truthfully the fear of that possibility is not as far-fetched as you may think if you see what happens to uh, John MacArthur and his persecution by the state of California. Uh, but, But even if we are, Psalm 112 confidently proclaims to those who oppose us that we have one who is our strong defender and the wicked man will see it and get angry. And he'll gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish because, brothers and sisters, he who fights on our behalf, is greater than every earthly government and all the assembled armies that they could possibly muster against us. Because, brothers and sisters, the truth is, no matter who gets into the courthouse or the White House or the House of Representatives in November, Jesus Christ is still King. And He is ruling unchallenged from the right hand of the Majesty in Heaven right now. Right this minute. Which is another reason for you not to be afraid, particularly of the upcoming elections. And so now now, just as Good a time as any to set the record straight about what I believe. The truth is, guys, that because I believe in the absolute sovereignty of God and his guiding hand in history that he, and not we, will select whoever is president in November. As simple as that. No, no matter who you or, or I or anybody else would like to see. And so for me personally, uh, guys, I don't care who you vote for. You can vote for Donald Trump. You can vote for Donald Duck. You can vote for Joe Biden. You can vote for Joe Namath. Uh, you can write in your own name or better yet, write mine in. I can't do any worse, but but please, please hear me on this, okay? Please hear me. What I care about pastorally and what keeps me up at night and what makes me honestly afraid to the pit of my stomach is knowing that there are dear, dear people who I know and love and care about who are on the wrong side of God's Word when it comes to empowering platforms and parties who promote abortion up to 20 weeks and gay marriage and trans bathrooms in schools that my kids have to go to, and Islam over Israel, and cultural and economic Marxism over Christian capitalism, and radical protesters over the police. Guys, you've got to pick a lane and own it, but you can't be in both. And so what I hope to get you to see is that the failures and the foibles and the acclaim or the accomplishments of the two men that are running for president are completely irrelevant. As people, they are both incredibly flawed, as we all are. But what matters is what they do in the arena of public trust about interests that intersect with the teachings of god's word and if you don't know what those issues are it's all of them right i only listed just a few because the bible speaks relevantly and authoritatively to every issue we face and every decision we personally make uh, and points us to the issues that we as a body of christ need to be speaking into not backing away from, that we need to be influencing and impacting for the kingdom. And you know, it's funny, uh, some, someone emailed me this week and asked me uh, who I thought Jesus would vote for in November. And, and my answer, my truthful answer was neither of them. Uh, because guys, Christ is king and his kingdom is not a matter of popular opinion or of personal preference or a political party and he is coming again in judgment to weigh the hearts of men and women and so I urge you all of you in fear and trembling in love to line up your lives with the truth of God's word and don't fear what men can or can't do to or for you but as it is written in Matthew 10 rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell and guys truthfully as much as as it hurts me it's okay if you get mad at me for talking about politics in church, if God uses it to open your eyes and nudge you a little closer to Him. Uh, as I said, though, the, the truth is the fear of the Lord that Psalm 112 speaks about though, encompasses every decision you and I make. Uh, and hey, I'd, I'd love, I'd welcome the opportunity to have a friendly debate about any issue you want to talk about. I don't even care if you agree with me. In fact, I like to talk to people that don't agree with me. As long as you don't disagree with Scripture. Okay? But let's not have any more of this unbiblical idea that there are some issues that shouldn't be discussed in church. Because, guys, that's not the witness of our congregational ancestors who preached the American Revolution. And that's not the witness of the early church who defied the emperors of Rome. And it's not the witness of Martin Luther who stood against the Pope or, frankly, of the Lord himself who spoke so vehemently on the hot-button issues of his day. Because, guys, remember when you asked that old question, what would Jesus do? Don't forget, one possibility is making a cord, a whip out of cords and chasing people around. Okay, And I don't know about you, but for me and my family, it's the fear of the Lord that's going to direct our decisions, all of our decisions, so that with the Holy Spirit's help, we can, as 1 John 2 says, abide in Him, so that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from Him in fear and shame at His coming. Knowing that God has a good and eternal purpose for us, and no matter what comes against us, the righteous will never be moved. And not because we're righteous, but because Christ is. Because you see, the call upon the Lord Jesus Christ is to look away from yourself, and to look away from your fears, and your failures, and your own personal opinions, and all of your attempted good works, and to look exclusively at the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do you do that? How do we free ourselves from fear and seek God's face? Well, we do it by the means of God's Word. And in private prayer, we do it in divine worship and in the sacraments that you and I receive, all those humble and ordinary means of grace. That's where we see His face. And that's where our fear receives, acknowledging that His righteousness endures forever. And that it's His horn that will be exalted in honor. Even when it doesn't look like it sometimes in this crazy world that we live in. But church, that promised day is coming. Uh, it's just honestly that waiting for it is something that many of us are not very good at, right? Anybody like to wait? Like like when you go to McDonald's later today, do you tell the girl that takes order, "Hey, don't you know? Don't worry about those fries. No hurry. Take all the time you need." Mm-hmm. Or when you're fishing, do you say say to your buddy, "Boy, I sure hope that that uh, fish don't start biting soon. I'd really rather much sit here and just bake in the hot sun for a while." Or how about uh, you ever lean over to somebody next to you and? in the pew and say, boy, I sure hope the pastor preaches another 30 minutes this morning because I'd hate to get back to my recliner too soon. Right? Waiting isn't always easy. Especially when we want to know when deliverance is going to come. Especially when we want to know when are we going to feel better. Especially when we want to know when is life going to get easier. Uh, when will those who seek to hurt us get their payback? When will the future not seem so frightening? And the answer is in God's time. We just don't always like that. That reminded me of a quote by the great New England preacher Philip Brooks who said, The trouble is that I'm in a hurry and God isn't. Right? I'm in a hurry and God isn't. Haven't we all felt that way at times? Like we're in a hurry and God isn't? Uh, and since we don't know the particulars of what God has purpose for us, we need to trust in Him and wait, knowing that you don't have to take matters into your own hands. Uh, you don't have to sit around and worry uh, what will happen next because God's answer to fear is not a plan or a program or a handy piece of advice. It's a person. It's in the person and the work of Jesus Christ, the perfect sinless Son of God on the cross of Calvary. And that great exchange accomplished there where the worst about us is unfairly laid on Him and the best about Him is now graciously laid on us. If we seek His face and hear His voice and turn our hearts to Him free of fear and confident in the fact that Psalm 112 says that light dawns in the darkness for the upright. And so I I pray that that's true for you today. Because, brothers and sisters, the Scripture also says that judgment is based on this fact that God's light came into the world, but people loved darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right Come to the light, so others can see that what they're doing is what God wants. If we've received Him by faith, so will you do that today? Will you do that as we come to the table? Will you, will you step boldly and confidently into Christ's light? Because church, I gotta tell you, life is just way too scary without Him. Amen. Can we pray with together? God, our Father, as truly right and our greatest joy, always and everywhere, to give you thanks and praise, especially in this holy supper recalling that perfect sacrifice once offered on the cross by our lord jesus christ and asking you by the joy of his resurrection and in expectation of his coming that you unite us in your truth and love so we can confess your name and sit together at one table so come now lord and continue your transforming work in this place and in this time that eyes may be opened that hearts may be radically changed by the good news of the gospel and so remembering now your mighty acts in jesus christ we take from your creation this bread and this wine, and we ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, and upon these your gifts, that this meal may be for us a communion with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.